When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Amel and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well folks, we took a wee break last week and um, that's down to me having a few holidays in my hometown of Liverpool. Um, don't want to rub it in, Danny. <laughs> Do you know what? What a week it's been. You know, it's a possibility. You know, there's a chance of us getting top four. Um, we've got to strive for it. We don't want to get in the Europa League. And here we are, Danny, after three wins out of three. Um, three tough games may I had as well. And if we win the fourth... Um, unless Leicester beat Spurs by, I think they have to beat Spurs 5-0, which is not going to happen. Mm. Um, we're in top four. Um, but how have you been? How have you been watching the football? Um, I haven't even mentioned Alison Becker's name, so you have to get that in there. But how have you been out of football? Been in, and just, what a mental couple of weeks. What, what, what a week to take off. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's been crazy, hasn't it? It's just been so random in terms of what's been going on and the way that everything's shifting about. And I think we haven't really been in a run like this for years, do you know where you like it's so heated at the top. Normally over the last like three, four years, we had the whole City Liverpool one point difference a couple of seasons ago. But generally for so many teams to still be in it at this stage of the season, sort of fighting for those top four spaces, the fact that we could potentially finish in in third on Sunday, or we could finish in sixth. And I think we've got to give a mention to the sad news that obviously West Ham can now not make top four, which is, which is sadly <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> I knew they wouldn't. I knew they wouldn't. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to be all arrogant about it, Danny. But uh, you, you just look at the team and you think they are punching and fair play to them. Mm. You know, um, but yeah, I, it was never going to happen. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I don't know if they had four, four, fifth for you, but let's just say <laughs> that uh, I was justified in what I said. You are. You are. All the time. I don't talk <laughs> all the time anyway. Ask me, ask me part of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I think you was right. And, and I think you're right in the terms of, I think we will see teams next season once the fans are back and once things go back to normal. I think we'll see teams like West Ham drop back down the table again. As you said, I think, as we've said a few times, Jordan, this season, I think some teams have really benefited from not having fans. Um, teams where, where the fans do get on the backs a little bit. Yeah, I think West Ham's one of them, and I think next season we'll see them sitting sort of where they normally are around mid-table. Um, but yeah, it's it's so interesting, and there's so much that, that obviously we're going to go through, Jordan, this, and talk about Jordan the pod, of the different fixtures, what's to play, what's not to play for, like how things are going to go. And I think we've seen it yesterday 
in the fact of Liverpool obviously were quite comfortable in terms of winning yesterday and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But they keep talking all the time about how these last two games that Liverpool play are games that Liverpool should win. Because they're thinking of Liverpool as a club, not Liverpool under the current situation that we're in. And I think yeah. we're going to look at these fixtures in a little bit and see what's going on for the end of the season. And you automatically look at the fixtures and think, oh, OK, they're playing them, they're playing them, so that team should win, that team should win. Forgetting that some teams have got nothing left to play for and some teams have actually still got everything left to play for. It, it's it's a big difference on what you would hope for as well. As now with the, We're going to come into Crystal Palace in the second half of the pod. You know, we've got 10,000 fans at Anfield. That's the most we've had in Anfield for over a year now. So hopefully that comes into play. But, but, but let's go back to basics. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the start of this good run um, and since our last pod. All right. So I think a big moment we, we mentioned a couple of three weeks ago, Arnold um, getting the last minute goal against Villa. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the big game that we talked about start, that started kind of 4 2 victory against Man United. Um, now, I missed a lot of the game um, through travelling. From you know, It was just it was awful the way it was rearranged and stuff. But, you know, I missed a lot of it. I've seen the highlights and stuff. But, I mean, Danny, how we went behind in that game. So, you know, it was 4 2 to Liverpool in the end. Kind of like analysed that game for me, Danny. I mean, I, I actually seen when Salah scored at the end, it was just brilliant. Um, but, you know, if we lost that game or even through it, it was done really, wasn't it? That's the thing, yeah, is that we said a few weeks ago, didn't we, that there was a run of fixtures left and we needed to win these big games because we said that the last two or three games wouldn't really be a lot of the teams that were playing like the likes of Burnley like the likes of Crystal Palace even West Brom played there during the week they don't really have anything left to play for so we said about the fact that that Southampton and United especially were such big games yeah. and one of the things that we can rely on and have relied on over the years is the fact that Liverpool always show up in big matches um, and it was a game, to be fair, it's a game for the first time in a long while. It was a game that we went into expecting to not win, expecting that we would be the team for the change, going out for the draw. You've seen the way it was all set up, the, the sort of previews coming up to it, the fact that Oli had rested most of his players for the, the game before so they could play a full-strength team against Liverpool and all. And you sort of thought, this is this is the writing on the wall. And other people mightn't, be, mightn't have been the same as me. Maybe I'm just a bit too pessimistic. But I was sort of thinking to myself, I think we're really going to struggle here. And I think this is kind of the end of our top four journey. But your your best mate, Bobby Firmino, came out the blocks, banging in two goals as well as Salad and Jota. And we kind of just ran the game. And I think the special mention, you can, we always mention the whole Salah, Firmino, Jota, Mane, all the rest of them. I think you've got to give a special mention to the fact that there is a full strength United team there kept out by two lads playing the debut season at centre-back that absolutely kept them quiet. Cavani is a, a world-class striker, kept out by a 19-year-old lad, Jordan, that game, who worked himself to death in order to get the result that we got there. So so as good as it was and as, as clinical as Salah and Firmino and all the rest of them were, um, I, I think the kudos has got to go to the two boys at the back line. Well, also, I mean, look at Rich Williams. He kind of had that nightmare, didn't he, against United in the Cup? Yeah. And uh, I think he didn't play for like three months afterwards. And the fact that, you know, we could have played Fabinho again alongside Nath Phillips, too. I mean, I'm going to come into Nath Phillips in a wee while. But, I mean, it, the, the fact that Klopp gives him the trust, he's built his confidence back up and he's put him in there with Fabinho protecting him, which makes a big difference. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's great to see. Um, 
and yeah, Cavani, I think, has been one of the. I think he got signed in the season. Um, two seconds here. Our fire alarm's going off. Right, folks, so we had a wee interruption there. Uh, I left the uh, eggs on the pan. <laughs> Nearly burned the house down. Oh, fire alarm going off. Child sleeping. Uh, yeah, sorry about that wee mistake there. We break. Uh, my bad. Where were we, Danny? Talking of fire. Um, Mo Salah gets the important goal at the <laughs> what end. A se- what a segue. <laughs> Bobby Firmino does what Bobby Firmino does. I mean, you mentioned Bobby Firmino. He hasn't really done a lot this season, I have to say that, but two big goals in, in at the big time of the season, you know? Mm. So yeah. do you think that's obviously changed the game with? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's a hard one. And I think it's he's not alone in that. Obviously, there was a whole discussion and one of the big talking points of the game was, was what happened after the game, was the whole... Mane snubbing the manager and stuff because he didn't get started in that game and like I, I don't think as much as I love Mane he's got no right to complain at all because just like you were saying about Firmino Mane's had a poor season this season like we can say oh the injuries and, and, and different things like this he, his side is still okay if you think of the, the technical aspect of it most of Mane's attack is normally because he's being laid off by Andy Robertson Andy Robertson's played nearly every game this season still so is his outlet is still there. It's not like he's having to go back and cover in the centre-back role or anything like that. He's still got Robertson feeding him. Salah's still producing the numbers. He's in the same team as him, same injury problems, all the rest of it. And Salah's still produced the numbers that he's produced this season. Mane just hasn't been good enough. And Firmino's the same. And I think the two of them have got a lot. Like You can't just write them off. And I think they'll come back next season. They'll be just as strong as they were in previous seasons. But but yeah, it's, it's just been a difficult one for Firmino, especially this season. So to get two goals yeah. is, is good, and I'm sure it's done the one for his confidence. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, we've discussed it many, many times in this podcast. Salah's done anyone that has actually turned up this season in yeah. what's been a, you know, an awful season, really. So, you know, say we're looking at this Crystal Palace game as like the, it being, you know, it, basically, if we win this Crystal Palace game, it's, it, it's, we saved the season. If we don't, it's been a crap season, and that's just kind of what's been at the, the Irregardless of individual performances, but for Firmino to step up and make the meant a lot to him, and um, obviously he scored against um, Burnley there last night. Well, anyway, so yeah, United we got that that we we, we took care of them, yeah. and then obviously the talking point of the season, Danny, <laughs> is uh, Liverpool to West Brom one. Now, let let me build this up for me. I was actually travelling home from Liverpool to the island of Islanders when this was going on. I was watching it on my phone on the motorway back down to Strabham. It kept cutting out and cutting out. And every, I'm sure everyone who's listened, to, who's listened to this podcast has been in a situation where there's been a Liverpool match on. You've been sitting there on your phone. You're trying to watch it with like in, in a car or traveling and it's the link's not quite worth and it's cutting out and all. And you know you keep trying to refresh it and refresh it. And we've all been in a situation where you just, you know what? <sighs> I give up. And that's what I did. I thought last 10 minutes I'm going to leave it as a surprise uh, and I just put my phone on um, next thing I know every, my phone is going nuts Danny texted me a few other people texted me there was messages going nuts and they were all just sending love hearts about Alison Becker and I thought oh you saved the pen or something you know I mean Danny put into words like it's a once that's once in a lifetime stuff isn't it yeah and do you know what 
like every other Liverpool fan, as you said, there's times like that when you go through where you where you're driving or whatever, and you can't get watching the match. You're trying to refresh it and all the rest of it. And you know what? Most people who are proper Liverpool fans will be listening to you saying about that and saying, "Do you know what? Totally don't blame you," because for a good eighty minutes of that game. I was sitting there pulling my hair out watching that match as Liverpool threw in corners that were just getting headed back again as we tried to attack an 11-man defence, just sitting back, letting us come at them. We had no plans at all. I don't know what's happened, whether it's in training or what, but there must have been something said that has, has told all of our midfielders not to try and take a shot from the edge of the box. Because we were just playing it round and round and round, trying to get it out to Robertson, trying to get it out to Trent. Like, the amount of times Thiago had chances that he then tried to lay off to Salah. The amount of times Fabinho had chances when Oxlade-Chamberlain, Shaqiri came on. They they were playing passes instead of taking shots. And you were sort of thinking, this is just an annoying, horrible game to watch. And you were pulling your head out and... I was sitting there, I watched the whole game and I was sitting there and I just thought to myself, do you know what, that's us done. It's going to be one all against a rubbish West Brom team or even worse, they had a couple of chances in the second half, West Brom, where they came yeah. at us on the attack yeah. and I thought, this is going to be typical Liverpool that we're going to have a million chances and they're going to take one and beat us 2-1 here. And it was just, it was so hard to watch. So I can see why you give up on it and I don't blame you at all. But yeah, last moment of the game, Allison comes up, and you know what? Like everyone, everyone who's listening to this will have watched it and will have seen what went on there. And it was just—it's not even the fact that he scored; it's the way in which he scored. It was the fact that it was—it was a header that anyone would be proud of to to swipe your head across it like that, put it in the top bin. Unreal. If I scored that, I'd be running off like I was Alan Shearer. You know, and yeah. Alison Becker's just done that. And do you know what? What he—he's had a tough year. You know, we yeah. we don't often talk about football as personalised on this because that's not what we're really about. We're about the football and you know, mm. the sport we love. But he's had a tough year in so many aspects. You know, he's had injuries, he's been in and out the team, obviously what happened with his father. Um and you know he's, he you could put him in the category of players that you know hasn't really been on the top of his game. Yeah. And you could just see how much it meant to him. He's crying at the end of the game, how much it meant to the team. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for that goal, that to be honest, that goal could be the difference in us getting top four on that. And the money that that's worth the club, the prestige of being in the Champions League and not this Europa League crap, you know, it, it's it's something that I personally, me, I think Liverpool's a football club and the history it's got. Most seasons, something happens that you just can't really put a pin on it. You can't really, you can't really describe it in a, logical way and I think that was our moment of the season that went right okay it's been awful we're going to get top four and I personally think now it's you know after beating Burnley comfortably in the end I think we're written in the stars we're going to get top four and uh, that, that moment there I think for me was the changing point of the season that's when everyone turned around and went right top four is ours because obviously you know Chelsea and Leicester played each other and all you wanted in that game was a team to win you just didn't want to draw that's what you yeah. wanted and obviously Chelsea won then after Leicester in the FA Cup, which I have to say congratulations to Leicester because, you know, for the club and the team, I'm a big, that this is the ironic thing for me, as Leicester have become like my second team. Yeah. I just love watching them and, you know, you're happy for Brendan Rodgers and the likes of Vardy's and Ian Achos and it's probably going to be at their expense that we take top four if we do. Um, but yeah, what a moment that was, Alison Becker. 
and then Danny, we come on to last night, Burnley. You know, Burnley are that team. I think they, they, they drew against just a few a few months ago. Burnley yeah. are that type of team that if you don't turn up, you know, you're not going to win. You're not. You're going to find it difficult to get in out the game. And uh, you know, I think the changing point in the game was that goal before half time for Firmino, wasn't it? That was the probably again the changing point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. As you said, we played Burnley earlier on the season. They beat us, beat us 1-0, didn't they, at Anfield? Yeah. And we were going on that horrible run just at the start of the year. Um, but yeah, I think I think momentum has, has helped us here. And I think having such a moment like that, I think before, a few weeks back, we beat Aston Villa 2-1, Trent's goal in like the 91st minute. And you sort of look at moments. And I think when we look back on the season, we'll look at moments like that and go, these were the key decisive moments towards finishing fourth if we do. Um, but obviously after that, we went and got knocked out of the Champions League to Real Madrid. We, we drew against Newcastle and all the rest of it. Um, and drew against Leeds as well. So you've, you've got moments like that that kind of brought it back down to earth. But yeah, you, you've got the moment like that against with that, with Alisson, the, the emotion that was in it. And I think it's, it's to be said as well, just as a side point, is that I've, I don't think I've ever seen Salah celebrate a goal as 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 highly in my life. The amount of goals he scores every year and he doesn't celebrate as much as he celebrated Alisson scoring. Um which just shows the, the sort of camaraderie. Did you see um did you see the guys at the Anfield rap and they were watching the game and they were going nuts. Yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> that was it was getting replayed on the radio and stuff or oh, it was mental, wasn't it? It's just uh-huh. you it couldn't was so- just- it was so good, and obviously we as fans love it, and you're sort of looking at it going, this is amazing, such a great moment. But it's the same for the team. The team are buzzing, and it's really picked them up. So I think we went into that Burnley game, and you could tell that the team was up for it. We started off slow. We were moving it about a bit. Um, a couple of little mistakes from from Phillips uh, at the back, um, but it didn't, get, it didn't get punished, and we kind of eased our way into the game and you could see that the boys were confident at that point, which is good. Firmino, as you said, scored two goals um, against United and I think his confidence is up now and I think he knows that it's on him to get the goals. That He knows that the, we can't just leave everything to Salah. Mane's not really performing at the minute. Jota's injured again and Firmino knows he has to step up now and he knows he has to put a shift in towards the end of the season if we want to get that top four. Uh, and I think he did. He really turned up. Like Firmino, my my complaint about Firmino over the past few weeks and even months has been the fact that he's he's looking to play the ball back all the time rather than play into danger. Firmino was always the man that you give the ball to him and he'd be in the most dangerous position that he could be to be able to try and make something happen. He's a link, now, he's a link between the midfielders and the forwards, isn't he? He is the link. And if you're yeah. passing it back, you may as well just be another Jordan Henderson, really. Exactly, exactly. And and over the past few months, that's what he's been doing. So they're coming a bit deeper, getting the ball and then just playing it back to the midfield and playing easy balls. Where yesterday you seen Firmino back to what he was doing. He was getting the ball in dangerous areas. He was trying flicks and stuff, which which I don't mind. Uh, he should be trying stuff that's going to sort of... A great ball across by Robinson. Firmino in the right place to put it in. Uh, keeper didn't cover himself with glory. But then after that... We settled and we, we never looked like we were going to lose it, really. After that, Matt Phillips happened. What a guy. What a man. What an absolute... What a, like, a, you know, would it, be, would it be right in describing him as like a cult hero, Danny? He's one of these players that's kind of come in. And it, let, let's let's not beat around the bush. Jürgen Klopp did not fancy him. Yeah. He was going to go to a chat, I think Swansea, wasn't 
he um, he played in that one game against Everton in the League Cup. I was actually at that. That was my last match. Then he went back to Stuttgart. Um, and then he come in and he's been on the bench a few times and stuff and he plan you know let's be honest he doesn't have abundance of pace he doesn't but I look at some of the greatest centre-backs over the years in the Premier League and I'm not comparing on these levels but the likes of your Jamie Carragher's the likes of your John Terry's you know you don't always need pace to be a top quality player and that man for me is a monster in the air he, he would he, he, the moon was coming towards the air in fact I tell you what if there's an asteroid coming towards the air I'd send that Phillips had it away. He just doesn't <laughs> lose anything in the air. Um, and from to get that goal, I think he's going to be a threat from corners and stuff. Um, and I think he's just performed. Everyone's saying it. there's a lot of talk from being playing the season. Um, and I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, it'd be between him and Salah for me, maybe. Um, and I have to mention about that game, Thiago. Thiago has been quite well recently. Um, but back to that Phillips, mate. Oh my God. I mean, header off the line did you hear his interview at the end of the game he was happy he's more happy getting the header off the line you're defender Danny so it is, so be honest you're playing centre back for a team um, you get a rare goal I don't, by the way guys anyone listening to this pod, I don't think I've ever seen Danny score a goal in my life never mind right? <laughs> his head. But let, let, let's say you got a hold the goal with your head Danny um, and then you clear one off the line what, what, what would be more what would be more to you would it, would it be the goal or would it be the cleans? It's funny because he was he was given the interview yesterday and when he said about that, I was like, you're just right. You're just right. If I was in a game and I scored a goal and it ended up like 3-2 or something like that, then then that's great that I've scored a goal. But if if I had within one game, I scored a goal, but I also cleared one off the line and we kept a clean sheet, I'd be more buzzing with the clearance off the line as a defender. I could, I could just imagine Danny being in a match. Scoring a goal. Friggin' hell, boys. I'm doing your job for you. And I've been in matches before where Danny has done that. Friggin' hell, boys. That, that's Danny's wee thing. But back to football, but anyway, funny. But yeah, no, interesting that you say that because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these, when I was younger, I used to think, oh, it's not about the, 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 the result of the team as long as I score. And it's just, it's funny having different mindsets, you know, of things are. But to see that interview, and uh, for me, He's just kind of coming to his own. And I really do think he's got a future at Liverpool. And I'll tell you something for nothing. If he doesn't have a future at Liverpool, there'll be plenty of teams in the Premier League looking to take him because he's an absolute, he's just an old-fashioned defender. And in a world of football that constantly changes, someone like me and you, Danny, even me as a forward, can appreciate someone that is just a no-nonsense defender. Yeah, We know them, we've seen him, John Terry's characters over the years. You know, there's something to be said for the art of a of a... Just as a defender, and I think what a, what a, what a game he had yesterday, Danny. What a game! Yeah, and do you know what? As a defender, you do like I appreciate watching people like Nat Phillips play because he does the grunt work. He does the work that nobody else wants to do. That sticking your head in there, knowing that you might take a smack to be able to head a ball away. That getting back onto the line when all the team are pushing forward and we're pushing for that second goal. Yeah, he ended up getting it. Or at the same time, the amount of times we've seen Liverpool pushing forward, trying to get a goal, and Nat Phillips will be sitting back, doing that chasing, doing that work that nobody wants to do. He's a good, old-fashioned defender. And as you said, you look at some of even the biggest names that have played centre-back, your, your Paolo Maldinis, your, your Per Mertesackers and stuff like that. They're not fast players, but they use the brain well. And yeah. Nat Phillips is one of those players. He has took his opportunity really, really well. And... I, th- I think, personally, our defence still looks really shaky. 
Um, but I don't think it's Nat Phillips' fault. And I would love to see him next season playing alongside Van Dijk to see what he's like, because I think the two of them would be lethal. Nothing's getting past Yeah, him. I mean, I certainly think there's an argument now to maybe definitely have him in our squad. Yeah. Like, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's, he's our first choice centre-back. I wouldn't quite no. say that. Um, I'd like that. I'd like. To, I'd like to see him be our first three centre back with Van Dijk, and then just be, you know, a monster play for England, etc., etc. But I'd like to see him certainly in the squad as a player that can come in and do a job, and you're not going off. Oh, it's not Phillips, you know, that type of way. But anyway, yeah. we got we got the we got the wind on it. Three 0 was comfortable. The ox come off, um, and it's the old saying. I haven't said it for, for a while. Feed the ox, and he will score. Um, <laughs> and he did. It was a great finish. Um, and I think. It was one of those performances against the Burnley team that can upset Liverpool and have done in the past. It's one of those performances that you can just say, right, professional performance, job done, move on. And we've mentioned the goal with Firmino being crucial half time, um, which kind of leads us on now to the big, big game, which we'll talk about in the second part of the show um, Crystal Palace. Um, over the last five or six years, there's been plenty of times, for whatever reason, we end up playing Crystal Palace. And uh, they're a bit of a bogey team. I always remember. Um, Gerard's last game we got beat 3-1 and I was at it um, they beat us you know just the Chris Stamkel but I, we'll come into that in the second part of the show but in the meantime thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Right, everybody, welcome back to... Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Right, so we have one game left of the season, which is Crystal Palace. As Ammo said before the break, they can be a little bit of a bogey team, but it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out, because it's not just Liverpool, and I suppose that's one of the nice things and the exciting things that makes the Premier League fun, is the fact that we're not just looking at our results. We're not just thinking... Oh, well, if we win, then we're definitely top forward and that's it. There's a lot of factors in this in terms of goal difference, in terms of different teams and who they're playing as well. But we'll touch on Liverpool Crystal Palace first. Um, Crystal Palace at the minute, so they're sitting mid-table, haven't really got all that much to play for. Um, obviously, they can, they can jump one place above them. They can jump two places down uh, if they lose, potentially. So, got a couple of spaces to play for, but not an impact. How can how do you see the game going? Uh, well, it's obviously Roy Hodgson's last game as well, so we won't we won't want to end on a low. Um, but you know, if we don't win this game, you know what, what are we playing football for? Why are we Liverpool fans? You know, all those players have to take. It could be a lot of their players' last game for Liverpool as well. You know, uh, Milner's been mentioned could potentially be going on. Um, could it, you know, one of the big three, even God forgive me, I don't want to say that, but could be so. And it's an Anfield in front of 10,000 fans. I think that's the biggest thing to say. Um, it's set up for a finale that we couldn't imagine even a couple of weeks ago. So I think they've got to embrace it, they've got to take it on. And I see the game going <sighs> scrappy. I think Crystal Palace are going to score. Um, I don't know if they're going to score first and we have to come from behind, which would just be typical Liverpool, wouldn't it? Um, or we're going to score first and they're going to equalise. But I don't see us keeping a clean sheet for whatever reason, as I say. You look at what Crystal Palace have, Sahara up front, Benteke's been coming to a bit of form recently, Townsend. Um, they've got a good, you know, good attack and threat. And uh, Crystal Palace, since they become safe, every, every game they're playing, they've got a 2 1, 3 2. Um, two oh, there's lots of goals in the game, so there's going to be goals. It's going to be exciting. Um, and it's going to be a Liverpool victory, Danny. That's what I'm saying. But. 
it's not going to be a 3-0 victory or an easy, easy kind of sailing into the end because it's Liverpool Football Club. It's at Anfield and uh, I wouldn't have been watching Liverpool all the time to watch them and be naive to think it's just going to be a sail in the park. Plus, you know, let's just say I don't know Leicester play Tottenham. Tottenham go down to 10 men, Leicester go 2-3 up. Um, where it gets back to Liverpool that we need to outscore Leicester. Um, that's going to say that, you know, who's to say that Villa aren't going to be Chelsea and we, we're going to be in a, you know, who's to say Leicester and Chelsea aren't going to get beat? You know, there's so many permutations yeah. in this. It's exciting. And because the, the title's been decided, relegation's been decided, it's kind of the only thing that any, everyone's going to be watching. You know what I mean? And all the people that hate Liverpool, um, United season, they can't do nothing else. You know, these are good few teams that just don't like Liverpool. And they're all going to be watching out for this game and be like the biggest Crystal Palace fans going, aren't they? So I think the whole eyes are going to be on the top four race this, this Sunday. No one's going to be looking at anything else. Yeah. Um, so there's pressure, isn't it? But as I say, if you're a professional football and you're playing for Liverpool Football Club at Anfield and for the 10,000 fans and you're not up for this, I'm going to put a shift in, then you're in the wrong game. I'm going to go for 2-1 to Liverpool. Okay. And I'm going to be even more bold. And I'm going to say someone like Arnold or Robinson to like get the winner. Just just for dramatics and for the... That's <laughs> what I'm going to say. I, I don't see it being a... Or even a Mo Salah. Harry Kane gets a goal against Leicester, but Salah maybe gets two and he becomes a top goal scorer. There's something that dramatic. It's going to be dramatic and it's going to be epic. And it's just a shame that over in Ireland, Northern Ireland, the bars aren't open until Monday because could you just imagine a packed pub on the uh, on a Sunday with all the football, it would just be it's a dream, isn't it? That's what we have to do next season. But yeah, Liverpool victory, lots of frills and spills and goals, and us to get top four, Danny. And I'm gonna put another wee subplot onto that before you give your opinion. And I'm gonna say that Aston Villa are gonna get a, a result against Chelsea, maybe draw, and I fancy Leicester to beat Spurs and creep in the top four along with Liverpool. Interesting, interesting, because as you said, and I think that's the, the thought process, and I'll come to it in a second, about all the different facets that are going to be involved in these games over on Sunday. But you were saying about obviously being in the pub or whatever, and like all the fans being there and stuff. Like One of the things that I noticed over this past week in terms of the games that have happened, and you watch the, the United game and the Spurs game as well that I watched the other day, and... One of the things that I noticed was that the crowds were kind of muted a little bit. Like, if you've got 10,000 fans in Liverpool and you're one of those fans that have got the ticket to go to Anfield for this last game on Sunday, can you see Anfield being quiet? Or do you think this is good? Like, this is our chance to show that they are the 12th man and what we've been missing. It's going, it's going to be mental. Even the 2,000 fans at the beginning of January there made a difference. Um, it's going to be some atmosphere. Um, and it's going to be... I think it's going to be it's, it's the game of the season. It's just built up now. For like, I just don't think if, you know. Obviously, you know the title and stuff, and City and United a few years ago, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and even Liverpool and City a few years after that. As an end of the season, it doesn't get much better. You know, relegation's done. The title, as mentioned, top four. You know, two of them playing each other in the Leicester, Tottenham, a team that can be easily beat Leicester, Chelsea. You've got the Champions League. Final to think about, but Aston Villa, a team that with the fans, they're a great team that can beat anyone. They showed it against us. Um, and then Leicester, you know, they, they they got pipped out last game of the last season against United. It was like a playoff for the top four. So they've got all that kind of against them. So 
it's just, do you know what? We're football fans. Let's just all enjoy it. Um, if I'm sitting here next week in Liverpool in Europa League, then uh, I don't know. I don't know. We've got this big finale planned and I don't want to give it away too much to people, but um, it might just be a bit of a, a letdown if we don't get top four. That's all I'm going to say. But um, Do you know what? We're, we've all been there last game of the season watching. You've got your eye on all the other games too. Um, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to be watching one match on the TV, the other match on my tablet. Um, and probably have another match on my phone. That's what it's <laughs> going to be like. And uh, let, let, let's just, let's, as Liverpool fans, let's just enjoy this moment. And hopefully the, the 12th man can make a difference. Um, what, what can I say? But I do fancy like someone like a Nat Phillips or Arnold or someone that doesn't really get in the goal seats to get the winner. I don't fancy it being like a 3 0 victory with Firmino, Mane, Salah. You know, I could be wrong, but I mean, do you think, Danny, as a Liverpool fan, do you think it's going to be a, a walk in the park? I just don't see it being a walk in the park, do you? No, it never is. And as you said, even just within games themselves, there's so many different things at stake. There's the possibility, as you said, Roy Hodgson's last game, he's at Anfield where he where he got sacked and all. It's like Roy Hodgson's going to want to come and try and get one over on Liverpool to try and show them. Um, Zahar is going to be pushing for a move this summer, so he's going to want to play really well to be able to try and get pushed that move to a big team during the summer that he's been going for for the last few years. Salah's obviously up for the golden boot still, so is he going to be greedy and take on shots when he should pass? All these different things come into play um, that makes the game interesting. I'm going to go, I think... I'm going to go for 1-0. I think it's going to be 1-0 Liverpool. And I think it's going to be because Liverpool have, have, Liverpool have had a few games like that where they've had to try and hold on. And I think I think we're going to get a goal, but I think it's going to be ropey and it's going to be a hard game to watch. Um, hard attack material. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Proper squeaky bomb time at the end of the game. Um, it's going to be interesting. Now, I want, you, I want your views on the other matches now you think they're going to turn out and look at the different different facets within this as well. Okay. So you've got Villa-Chelsea, who are going to be playing at the same time. Villa can't move. Whether they win or whether they lose, Villa are in the place that they're in and they do not move anywhere. Chelsea obviously need the win, really. Are Villa going to try and put in a shift to try and beat them? Are Chelsea or are Chelsea just going to completely dominate that game? What do you think? I fancy Villa. I do. I think, um, as I said before, I think Villa, with the fans at, at um, Villa Park, They've got, they've got that type of team and, and Chelsea are going to have one eye on the Champions League final. They got beaten in the FA Cup final and uh, for some of those Chelsea players, you know, Champions League finals are once in a lifetime and are you going to want to you know, break your leg for Chelsea Football Club against Aston Villa when you're playing in the Champions League final next week? I don't think so. So I just think that if you're just going on quality, Chelsea win all day but I just think Villa could get an upset. Maybe, do you know what, if they don't win, maybe we draw as we score draw maybe. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, so so we'll give you we'll put you down as a draw because I want to see how all these games get on. See how many we can yeah, get right here. Um, yeah, so Villa yeah, think, Chelsea draw. Okay, I'm I'm going for I'm going for Chelsea. Just completely dominate the game. I, I think Villa. I think you're you're not finishing any high. You're not finishing any lower. You're getting the money that you're getting whether you win, lose, or draw. They're not dangerous, though, Danny. Um, it, it is, but. As I said, Villa can lose this game twenty nil, and they still stay in the same position that they're in. Like they can't, they cannot move um, from where they are in eleventh. So, as a manager, you want to try and keep your whole squad happy. And I think he's going to rest a load of players, maybe bring in a couple of young lads for the game and stuff. Uh, they're already going to be in holiday mode because they've got nothing to play for. And I think Chelsea will do them. Um, right. Okay. So it'll be interesting. And then, what is pr- 
prob- probably the bigger game, the biggest game of the of the night uh, is going to be this Spurs Leicester game. Spurs potentially can drop down to ninth if they lose this game. Um, they could drop down to 10th. People will say statistically they can, but let's be honest, Leeds have to win 21-0 for that to happen, and it's it's not really going to happen. Um, so Leicester Spurs, Leicester pushing for that top four. They know that they're the ones that are in danger now, so they're going to be given everything to try and win. Spurs will lose any type of European football, potentially, if they lose this game. Obviously, we, we won't go into the fact that Everton are playing Man City and obviously are going to get tanked and they're not going to get European football this season. But you never know. Where's, weirder things have happened this season. Um, but, but there's everything, literally everything to play for in that game. Harry Kane with a golden boot, Spurs dropping out of European football altogether. When they're going to want to, if they're going to sell Harry Kane in the summer, they're going to want to be able to get money for him and to be able to lure people in with stuff like Champions League football. So, how do you, how do you see that game going? Because it's just an yeah. answer. Well, just to correct you, Spurs can't get Champions League football now because they're the way out of it. But, Sorry, yeah, um, you're openly. You're openly. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that's Spurs Leicester game. I'm going to go for Leicester 2 1. Um, maybe even a draw like the Villa Chelsea game. Leicester being in the Champions League is going to depend, really, in my opinion, on Villa doing the job or not. I think Liverpool are going to win. Um, and I think it's out of Chelsea and Leicester for the last spot. And as I say, I think what's kind of making me decide it is Chelsea having the iron in the Champions League final. Because um, you don't get the Champions League finals every season, you know what I mean? And I just think that, that that's going to be the decisive factor. And I, you make an interesting point about Villa not being able to move, but I'm looking on the side of they've, they've nothing to lose and they've, they've They've had some good scouts this season. Plus the fans are back. They're away at Villa. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's gonna be a, a big a big point is that Spurs away at Leicester, Chelsea away at Villa, but Liverpool are home against Crystal Palace with the fans. Home and away hasn't really mattered a lot this season because the fans aren't there. We proved that in Liverpool's bad bad well, results as such at home. Yeah. Um so I think that's gonna be the decisive factor. And uh, yeah, so draw on the Villa game, let's say that. Let's say Leicester just to nip Spurs, and let's say Liverpool to beat um, beat Palace. So, what how do you fancy the Leicester Spurs game? Well, I think it's going to be interesting. I think for Leicester, I think the biggest hindrance that they've got is probably their player of the season has been Harvey Barnes, and he's and he's injured, and I think yeah. that really has affected them. Um, I think Spurs are really going to want to push for this because they know how much is at stake here. Harry Kane, yes, he's probably leaving them in the summer, so you think, oh, maybe he won't perform as well, but he wants to get that golden boot. So he's going to turn up and he's going to play for his own sake. He probably scores well. He'll probably score. No, yeah. Kane, he'll score. Yeah. So I, I'm going to call it that I think it's going to be Liverpool 1-0. I think Chelsea are going to be Villa 3-0 because you know that, like, I know that, and that's a bit, it's a big debate in itself, but I think Chelsea, what's the point in getting to a Champions League final when you know you have to win with that pressure on because otherwise you don't get Champions League football next season. I think they're going to push yeah. both games. I think they're just going to give it both battles. And so I'm going Chelsea 3-0 and I am going to go for Spurs 2-1 in that game. Ooh, right, okay. So Harry Kane to get both goals. Right, interesting. Well, uh, we can analyse it next week and we can see how things how things progress as such but I mean as lots so of the main thing is thinking about the other teams as long as Liverpool get in that top four because even think about three draws Liverpool get in the top four wouldn't they so yeah. it's um, I don't care and I think if I'm right in saying now to change a couple of years ago it doesn't matter if you're third or fourth um, you get automatic qualification don't you so that's what matters there's no yeah. stupid stupid um, 
qualify against some Hungarian team in the middle of July. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's good that you that you just qualifying. You know, at this time you'll at this time you'll happily take it though, wouldn't you? Like knowing where we you were would. a few weeks ago, you're thinking to yourself, "I'll happily play some random Scandinavian team in the middle of nowhere." Because two months ago we weren't even going to be doing it. We were going to play the entire yeah. Europa League playing against random teams in the middle of nowhere. So this is <laughs> I, I'll take this all day. <laughs> Let's not go there, mate. Let's just hope and pray that um, after what's been a roller coaster season, a very disappointing one, let's hope we can just end on a high. And as uh, five wins out of five wins to end would be something to build on. And uh, let's look forward to the Euros and hope no Liverpool players get injured. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. As I said, there's still plenty to come, and that's why we're not. This isn't our last podcast. We're going to do a couple more after this in the build up to the Euros and everything else in between. Uh, and we're hoping to get a lot of guests on. Uh, as Amo said before but we'll leave that in the pipeline and we're going to discuss this mental Sunday afternoon of football next week on our pod so thank you all so much for listening to Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road enjoy the game this podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network Podcast Network.